Welcome to the Unusual Creatures Podcast, a podcast about the unusual creatures that fall in love, stay, stray, come back, and sometimes leave this insane business of artistry and show. Against all odds, our guests have persevered and told stories using their mediums of choice. Now, these are their stories and our stories. The incredible people who you might know by sight, whose names you may not recognize, whose work you've definitely experienced or will one day experience. Art is a ripple effect, and these artists' creativity makes a lasting impact. Let's hear more. Good evening, good morning, good night. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another fantastic episode. I'm Thomas Dane. And I'm Jenny Gomez. And this is the Unusual Creatures Podcast. Woo! Hey. Hello, everyone. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm super excited to be launching this fantastic Pride series. Um, Pride Month series. So exciting. I know. I know. We're doing some good stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm just super jazzed for the whole lineup. It's going uh, to be a great month to celebrate beautiful things in the midst of what has been a lot of trash bullshit of late. <laughs> of late. Especially, especially um, geared towards my community. Yes. <laughs> so You know what? To do- what? Yeah, we're not going to poison the well with too much detail. We're going to try to talk no. about happy things. No. We'll get into a little of the darkness like best. we always do, though. Come on. Always, I must. Well, welcome, welcome to Pride Month, everyone. This is our first annual Pride Month series where each week in the month of June, we will spotlight um, an LGBTQI plus member of the community or ally and um, talk about their artistry and how their artistry and their creativity has saved them and hopefully helping them save the world because <laughs> we are fabulous. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Thank you for agreeing to do a Pride Month, Jenny. I, when I brought the idea, she was very excited. So Jenny is one of the best allies we have out there. Thank you, Jennifer Gomez. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's because of you. So no, truly. <laughs> I appreciate you. You taught me how to be an ally no. when I was just a little young pup. <laughs> <laughs> like when we were both mere teenagers. We were 12. We were 12. <laughs> so um so let's get started i'm super stoked we chose each person specifically for this month and um we thought we wanted to kick this off with a bang with somebody who had a lot to say who's who's accomplished and um you know what? i'm just gonna let jenny tell us about this person though because jenny knows them best so jenny who is opening our pride month this month we actually we have a guest that i know because of a previous guest because of Jack McCarthy and Jack McCarthy's theater company back in New York, I think Jack was always a connective, the connective tissue to a big, an amazing community in, in the arts in New York City. And that's how I know Hennessy. And I remember seeing Hennessy for the first time on stage being absolutely bowled over. Like there's so, some of those performances that you see in the theater when you're sort of, you know, when you're kicking around the theater, you like see so much theater. And I just remember one, it was just one of those performances that like I was not in a theater. I was 100% on stage and it was because of Mr. Hennessy Winkler's talent. And it has been a joy to watch his star shine. Um, he's done incredible, incredible work and we'll dig into where, what, how you can see him now. But he's currently touring with Daniel Fish's trip down version of Oklahoma, the national Broadway tour. And we'll talk about that because that's going to be delicious. I will let Hennessy talk about Hennessy. So without further ado, Tom, shall we start? Let. All right. Hennessy Winkler. Woo! Welcome, Hennessy. Aloha. Thank you for having me. 
I'm honored to kick off your Pride series. Oh, we're so glad to have you, boo. <clears throat> this is exciting. This is the first sip of any Hennessy I've ever had. I've never <laughs> had a drink. I've never had like I've never so exciting. No, I got much you drink. That's shocking, actually. It's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. I don't I'm not a big fan of it myself. <laughs> you have to be a brandy drinker, really. <laughs> mm, I and that's that a specific me. thing. Yeah, that is actually. So Hennessy. We always like to start interviewing our guests and get into a nice little comfort zone by talking a little bit about your origin story. And it's delightful because your origin story starts in Hawaii. It does. Well, I was born in California, but um, my formative years were in Hawaii and I was raised there. Yeah, it was wild. Very different, I think, than how mainland kids grow up, just based on stories that I hear from my friends. Very um blessed and lucky to have been raised there what are some of the ways that you that it's different than mainland kids the vibe is different there are different um priorities i think uh there's a different priority in like family life and home life and work life and uh, time goes a little bit slower there it seems (laughs) (laughs) uh people take their time more there they appreciate their surroundings in an interesting kind of way and also just like anything down from like how we did things in school to you know certain holidays we celebrated to i learned the hawaiian language and how to dance hula and i spent a lot of time alone as a kid but in these incredible bounties of nature, like uh, the ocean all the time and like under the stars and, you know, in a rainforest or, you know, up a volcano or whatever, you know, I knew how to surf and I just different. All we ever did was go to Denny's. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Cigarettes and Denny's. That's so funny. Hawaii, cause Hawaii is always one of the Hawaii is in Hawaii is one of the places that you always imagine sort of like Orlando, like Disney world. Like people actually live there. People mm-hmm. live in Hawaii. Cause you're, I'm thinking it's just a destination resort that everyone goes to like bask in and, but no people live there and work there and grow there. It's so fascinating. I love that Midler's from there. Yes, she is. She came into my restaurant once. I was working as a bartender. And I was like, hey, howly girl. <clears throat> howly is just a, a it's a, well, it means without breath, but it's a word for foreigner. Like, and it, people use it lovingly and not so lovingly to refer to mostly white people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like all <laughs> islanders, any island has, any has islander no has a word for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any place. Yeah. Different islands, yeah. different words, same intention. Well, <laughs> so having that like gorgeous, lush upbringing, um, Henny, what, where was the moment? And this is, we always start, you know, really get into the meat here. Where was the moment when you're like, I want to be an artist? What was the thing? Because like we've had, it, it's, it's, run, it's run the gamut. We've had guests that have parents who were artists. We've had guests that discovered a great community theater. We've had almost every guest feel like a freak or a misfit or an outcast. And it was the arts that saved their lives. What was your moment when you're like, this is what I want to do forever? I was five years old. (laughs) Uh, My grandma, (laughs) this is where it gets really self-indulgent. Okay. 
I guess the arts runs in my family, especially on my dad's side. My dad is a minister, which is kind of a performer, you know, and a writer in a way. And he's in, mm. he is also a writer. He's a great writer um, and had like a radio show for a long time and was editor of a newspaper. So he's always kind of like doing stuff like that. Um, you know, my uncles were, were singers and my grandmother played piano and uh, she was also, oh, wow. you know, she was like the first woman in syndicated radio, Doris Winkler. <laughs> and um, she, this was in California. California, actually, she bought us tickets. My parents and I didn't buy it, but she got as a gift from a, a like a news network station that she was working with. She got um, free tickets to Jerome Robbins Broadway, which was this review of all of Jerome Robbins is like popular, or most famous, well-known, whatever numbers from musicals. Yeah. So I go with them. It's at the Schubert Theater. Doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I was sitting there. I didn't know what to expect. It was like the first kind of, it was a Broadway tour. And that's like when Broadway, I think, would more often put their original casts on tour when the show closed, right? But um, oh yeah. So this was oh, the tour right. of Joe yeah. London's Broadway, and uh, so it was the original cast, and Jason Alexander was in it. A lot of incredible people were in it. It was weird because I'm forgetting uh, that he sings and dances. Yeah, Jason Alexander, he's awesome. So I'm sitting there and, you know, there's the first act and it opens with this like super gay dance number. All the chorus boys are like, dance, dance, I'm a guy who's got to dance. And um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I- I'm sitting there, I'm the only kid in this theater. It's a big, beautiful theater. I'm the only little kid there. Everyone there are adults, and most of them are dressed really nice. And I'm watching this silly stuff that is like grown-ups dressed in these like dumb clothes, like doing these songs and dances <laughs> that sound like they're for little kids. And I felt weird, and I felt a little unsafe. And I <laughs> and I was like, this is bizarre. And it went through musical number after musical number. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like this. And I was just like, this is bizarre. It makes me feel weird. And um, <clears throat> then intermission comes, you know, after an hour or whatever. And I'm so distraught because I think it's over. And I wasn't I don't know. I think I hated it, but I wasn't ready for it to be over yet. And um, I'm like, damn, it's over. Like, oh, my God, that was too early somehow. And my mom was like, no, it's intermission. It's a cigarette break. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the relief I felt after she told me that was like too much to ignore <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? Like for my five-year-old wife, that was the most relief. It was, you know, some of the most. I felt I'm lucky, but uh, I was like, that's wow. such a stark memory to like, yeah, that's such a stark memory to like have felt to like remember the relief at five years old. I just can't believe you remember the musical numbers from this review. Like, I'm, I'm like completely like, I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, mm-hmm. how? Um, so what happened after that? So you're five, you realized you found your path. And then, I mean, like, what, where do you go from there? Was it high school? Were you in a drama club? Did you study it in college in Hawaii? How did one become an artist? Uh, I started working with this woman, Sue Ann Loudon, who is the drama teacher at the high school in Wailuku and uh, one of the bigger towns on Maui. I do Oliver with her. And she was like, it was between me and this one other kid for the Arful Dodger. And, <laughs> and they got it, but I was still in the show. And I, I, uh, was just like really in my element. I love to story tell, you know. 
I was like, this is, this is storytelling. I love this. You know, it's, um, resonates with me. I feel like there's an honesty and, uh, in the momentness that's very meditative and beautiful. And then, so you, so you worked in this in high school and then you go, did you go to college for this? Yeah. Did, or you just go straight to the big city? Did you leave uh, the island and go straight to the big city? I went to, um, Nyack College first for a year because I didn't get any of uh, into any of the schools of my choice. Funny story, if you want to hear it. <laughs> um, Nyack College yes. was a Christian college. Oh. It, it was about 45 minutes from the city, so I could still come in on weekends and take dance classes and stuff like that, which was cool. Um, and I had some friends from Hawaii that were already here. But I'm going to Nyack. I'm staying at the, the ladies' dorms there. It's uh, And I start... Uh, there's like a long dramatic story that leads me here, but I start going to conversion therapy <laughs> and it was me and like a few other dudes, uh, met my first girlfriend during that time, then took a year off and then went to Marymount for theater and got a BFA in theater and minor musical theater. <laughs> and then you just started to pound the pavement. That's exactly what happened. I was taking yeah. voice lessons, dance, going to open calls, and this is in calls, New York, and this is all in New York, um, working at various restaurants. That must have been, what was, the, what was the culture shock for that, from coming from tranquil Hawaii to, like, the bombast of New York City? Like, <laughs> when you're saying, like, talk about difference of, like, tranquility towards explosion, that had to be like, what the fuck? Or were you just like, I love this, I should never been tranquil anyway? Yeah, um, it's, uh, good blend of things that I felt coming over. I had a New York flag hanging in my room next to a Hawaiian flag growing up on Maui, and I always knew I wanted to be here. I didn't expect it to be anything less than totally not tranquil at all. Uh, I had visited here once a couple of years before I came, even though I decided to come long before that. And I just, I really love the atmosphere and the energy and the, the expansiveness and the smallness and the vibe of it. It's like a little wonky right now, but at the time it was what I needed. And like, I, I tend to go in extremes sometimes, so kind of part for the course i guess because you were already right near a, a big hub right uh, did you ever think like why don't i just stay in california and go to la yeah and try I'm it there with, with theater it the theater? yeah i did i wanted to be part of the new york training the theater training in new york and like the mm -hmm. the scene there and the stage scene and you know though i do film and stuff and like audition for television or whatever i didn't want to go to california i didn't like the vibe there's much i'm a new york guy we can relate <laughs> that's i think we were both like i mean we both grew up in florida <clears throat> i started in new york i was uh, people forget oh, that's right. like i was I, I started in the, but because I've been in Florida for so long. I'm a New Yorkian, is what I like to call it now, because I spent equal time of, of my life in New York and Florida. But yeah, Florida. I like that. Well, yeah, I was Florida. ready to leave when it was time to leave Florida. I was ready to leave. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've established that we're all definitely New York people, and that New York was the draw. I think because we always wanted to to hit the stage and tear up the stage. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think the journey was easy for any of us when we, we were in New York City. I mean, what are some give us a moment when you were like, because we want to talk about a little bit of highs and lows. So what was a moment when you're like, I'm bartending, I'm waiting tables, I'm doing all the fucking things. I'm eating ramen. I just did this job that I thought was going to be my big break. I fucking quit. 
Did you ever have moments like that? You know, there were a lot of moments. There are a lot of highs and lows, especially when you're pursuing theater. And so much of it is just showing up to auditions. It's such a numbers game. It's just showing up. You know, I did the whole cattle call thing, the EPA equity, open monarch auditions. I went there at 4 or 5 a.m., put up an unofficial list with my name on it, went back home, slept for a couple hours, came back, hoped the list would still be up. Oh, there's a line down the street. And if it is up, hoping that the moderator that comes in at 10, while it's like 7 or 8 a.m. still, the moderator, hoping that they honor the list, and then you wait around all day until like 4.30 p.m. when auditions end at like 5, right? Hoping Mm -hmm. that you can squeeze in there last minute. And it was just hours and hours sitting in those rooms while all these equity members walk in and go right into their, you know, uh, book like their scheduled audition and it was just like fuck man like the dues you have to pay you know are substantial for a lot of us you know if if you're not lucky enough to get your equity card early on Um, but things just as simple as auditioning you know or not being allowed to sit on the couches or whatever because you're not equity or being seen but not being considered but even those are important because you're still being seen you know you know but there were there were people like jack mccarthy in my life who were brilliant beautiful writers who who saw something in me and resonated with me in such a way where we formed a very beautiful partnership for a lot of years and worked together very well and helped each other find ourselves, you know, through our work and and outside of our work. We went through a lot together. Jack trusted me and I trusted them. Through them, I met a lot of people that I formed, you know, artistic relationships with that I went on to create with and do things with. And, you know, in between that, you know, I dabbled in the podcasting world and like you know, but I, I was fortunate enough to always have a lot of really interesting work, even if I wasn't getting paid for it. And that's another thing. There's a lot <laughs> that I have not gotten paid for, you know, but so you do much. it it's so much. And like, you know, eventually I realized, you know, I'm not I'm not a mainstream actor because I looked like a girl at the time and I was I was auditioning as a girl and I was auditioning to get, you know, roles as a girl. And as a girl, I, I was a I liked myself. I liked what I gave. I liked what I presented and put out there. Not necessarily in the world, but as my job, you know, as a storyteller. And mm-hmm. I had gotten used to this. And my whole repertoire audition book is all female songs. That's what my ear is attuned to even today. And oh, wow. I'm, I'm trained as a female dancer. And I'm, you know, with all my monologues are from these shows and I'm a strong character secondary lead and I can be the sex potter the this or the that and I have a high belt and there's all these things that are attached to my identity you know and I'm the one that wears three inch heels in dance class you know what I mean and like these things that I'm proud of and these things that I've like learned to not master but you know become very good at and so eventually I kind of just I just stopped Going to a lot of auditions that were, I mean, I I started going to more Broadway auditions uh, later on and Uh because my manager started getting me in the room more and I was getting called back for some really cool stuff. And um, that was very affirming, you know, but at the same time, I don't know, I plateaued, I hit a wall and it's like, even after I came out as trans, as soon as I learned the word trans, it was 10 years of me being out but presenting as a woman and auditioning as a woman that I um 
I, it was like people liked me, but they didn't know what to do with me. They're like, there's something, there's something, something. Hmm. And I was like, there is something. And uh, <laughs> I, finally, <laughs> I finally decided to, you know, just kind of start my career all over again and throw, not throw all that away, but, you know, take it with me in a different way and, and started going on hormone therapy very slowly, very, very slowly. I'd probably do it quicker. Now I, I was on such a low dose on my, my, my visual transition to the outside world was very slow. And that also slowed down my career a lot and was really depressing. Oh, um, I looked very in between for a long time, in between whatever the binaries are, which is beautiful, but is not what I am. I am a little more binary than I would like to be, but it's just who I am. Sure. Uh, so it was rough, you know, and I didn't work for a long time. And the things I did work on were weird. And the calls were like trans person. And it was me and a whole <laughs> bunch of other trans people that like made no sense why we were in the same room together, you know? Sure. Because so I, I remember too, I remember too, because I think the thing, the play that I saw you in was, was Jack, like take on Romeo and Juliet and you were Romeo and it was ampersand. so, ampersand, oh, yeah. it was so fucking good. It was so um, good. They're it, such a brilliant mind. They're so good. I fucking, yeah, Jack, I loved that show. And like, yeah. and like the, I don't know, like the sex you brought to Romeo was like super hot. And, Thank you. and yeah, no, it was, I mean, <laughs> and I feel like that was, and I, we talk about it a lot on the podcast here is that the, a, a guest that we talked to previously is a, she's an amazing singer and backup singer for Niall Rogers. And she always felt like she didn't fit in. And for different reasons, she was like a rock singer that could also sing R&B. And she had a record deal and nobody could put her in a box. So she got like, th- like dumped by a record mm, label, damn. completely different thing, but like, not you can do too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. another thing. That's another thing that I had a hard time in the industry as a, as a female person. It was finding my type. And I paid for like these classes and workshops on how to find your type. And you would stand up there and people would type you. And it's like, truly my type was always like, does it have a type? You know what I mean? Or something like, doesn't fit into the box, like this and that. So that was a really frustrating thing for me. So I settled on like Julia Murney and I went for her stuff but i was also a character i also read old for my age this and this and that so it was like you know i don't know it's for not fitting into a box thing it's like that's it's like fuck this industry like in that sense like i know it's like there's so many boxes we just need to not that like need to not exist (laughs) that's true and we weren't at a place where we were willing to really look outside the box yet so now i i feel like people see me now i feel like i can look in the mirror and see myself now um but which is I'm very privileged and like honored and blessed, you know. Uh, and can you to be able to do that? Would you attest your artistry to finding out this about yourself? Like, did it help you to one day say, like, oh, I figure I'm trans? And this did it play a big part in that journey and in in your comfort with it? It played a part in the journey. I played a lot of male roles in high school and a lot of non-sexuals. Like I was the narrator, Joseph, or I was anybody's in West Side Story, who at the time was just like big old tomboy, right? But I love in the movie that it's like a trans guy um, or a trans masked person, because that's how I was thought of anybody's. <laughs> but or you know these roles that could go one way or the other, or or just straight up men. So that 
I, I did protest too much. Like I used to kind of bitch about it, you know, getting cast as men, but truly it was like the one time I felt I could breathe normally, you know, um, is when I was just relaxing into myself. And that's why I always loved theater because I felt like, again, it brought this honesty and in the momentness that just like, I have a hard time achieving outside of that medium as well, you know? Uh, but it didn't, it didn't know what, the reason I f- learned I was trans was because I was talking to a friend of mine at the time who had gone to like Sarah Lawrence and was really brainy and smart and just like wise beyond her years. And I was telling her all this stuff about the way I felt and, like, you know, I, I, uh, I've always felt my dick. Like I got like fan of one syndrome and all this. And like, I don't know, like this and that, and, like whatever. And it's like really frustrating. Like my sexual partners are always like straight women at the time. Like this one of them, like, you know, just like all this stuff. And she's looking at me. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She goes, you don't know. You? She's really like sassy as well. She's like, you don't know you're a dude. And I was like, what? And she's like, oh, God. And she, like, whips. I just, I have this memory of her whipping. I think it, she gave it to me later. But I have the memory of her just whipping out this book and slamming it on the table and being like, read this book. She's like, dude, dude, you're a dude. You're a trans dude. Like, you didn't know this about yourself? And she's like, read this book. And it was called Becoming a Visible Man by Jameson Green. And I read this book. And it was like my story. My story was in there. And I was like, oh, this is like a birthmark, not a not a you know i wasn't like smited by god i wasn't like made wrong this is a biological thing you know i love that and i love that your friend had to be like bro <laughs> like, yeah yeah it was her she was the one that told me you know theater gave me a space but emmy told me i was a boy <laughs> that's like that's like my coming out story like when i finally came out i remember one person in particular was like oh who doesn't know that like I, I, I thought you knew that already. And I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> like, like, fine. <laughs> we can see you coming a mile away. Like, girl, please. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. That's a great response. <laughs> One of the best responses was I told a friend of mine and I was all weepy. And I was like, and I'm gay. And he's like, oh, my God, who told you? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and was, was he like, gay, too? No, no, he was. That's such like other, a gay response. Oh my god, who told you? Who told you? And our other best, because our other best friend was like Nicole told everybody not to say anything that you had to figure out on your own. Who told? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was in such denial. I was like, oh, but yeah, it's so weird that we had that thing about ourselves that we. I honestly did not know. I didn't think about it. I didn't I like, know. But here's the thing: I knew I was. I, I I knew I was gay. I never would even say lesbian because it's just feels weird to say. It always felt weird, you know. It's almost like oh, I'm not a lesbian. I'm gay. I'm gay, you know, or whatever. But I I knew that I liked girls, you know. So I knew that from again like age five. Like I knew that. So there was that. But I didn't know that I was trans. I knew I was born wrong. I knew I was like mm-hmm. no. I knew I was doomed, but I didn't know I, that trans was even a thing that you could be. Yeah, it wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one thing that was really cool for me. Um, first of all, doing I'm gonna, two more Jack McCarthy things. Uh, Genderfuck, this mm-hmm. play they wrote um, a while back, the All-American Genderfuck Cabaret was so like ahead of its time at the time people weren't talking about this stuff and it was one of the best shows i've ever been a part of and it breaks down sex and gender so 
beautifully, you know, at the time, especially, and, and when it was written at the time it was released and all that. And um, also, uh, Mrs. Mayfield's, you know, 20th, fifth grade anniversary or whatever, I'd, or 15th, I don't remember, uh, this interactive show that they wrote, Jack McCarthy, and uh, it was like a, a reunion. It was a reunion of this fifth grade class. And I played a trans woman in that. And um, that was when I still looked, you know, uh, like woman presenting or whatever. And I played a trans woman in that a couple times. They did it. And that was really, uh, and this was after I was out, you know, as a trans man. And that's why they cast me in the role. It was really comfortable. Like, I played her like a little bit more feminine than I normally am just because I felt like that's how the character was sort of written or evolved it was really affirming to do that because i had been doing drag for so long in my life Uh, and and being able to play a trans woman it was like i was just playing myself as i had been living and there was something about that that was like again really honest like the most honest portrayal of a woman i probably have ever felt uh in regard to character like uh, or the most not even the most yeah, the most honest for me because it was the most connected, I think. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience regarding yeah. being trans in theater. Yeah, and, the most, and I, that's, most... I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why Jack was such an important part of the community back then is because they were, they were writing stuff that they were giving opportunities to people and letting people explore sort of those gender fucks. I think like not many, there was not maybe anybody um, other than Caps Lock that was doing stuff like that in New York that I can recall. I just, it yeah. felt like such a blessing because I think it gave people an opportunity to do just that. Just fucking ask questions and like move through these situations and yeah. feel these things through like the work. Yeah. Um, and Jack was the first person I kind of, after, after Emmy gave me that book, Jack was the first person I sort of like, I think told that I was trans. I think I asked them on their voicemail, actually. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, you know, that that one trans guy that, you know, who's like, you think uh, you think I'm like him or something. (laughs) Let's take a little turn. Tennessee, now you are doing Broadway. (laughs) Almost. <laughs> oh, it's Broadway. A national tour is Broadway. I uh, it's a Broadway national tour. It's yeah. a Broadway national tour. It is. It's it's a lot of. It, I mean, it it is what we would be doing on Broadway around the country, around the country in different stages. So even harder. <laughs> uh, some could argue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just retrofitting a set every night and being in a different city and it's um, a lot. Yeah, so it was a long road to get. To, you know, pounding the pavement and doing cattle calls for equity. Um, what are some moments? Which, which I had like, yeah, I had ahead. like, not, I had like little mini night terrors when you were telling that story because as we were sitting here, because I remember those days when equity was on the second floor, of that shitty building above McDonald's, and you weren't, if you needed to go to the bathroom, you had to use McDonald's bathroom. Yeah, you're you not allowed to. Equity, you were not at equity's bathroom. And nope. now they have that because when I finally when I finally went equity, I stormed those doors. I said, let me see that bathroom because I was <laughs> like, it, must, it better be made of gold because I understand. You know? Yeah, um, no. But I was like, um, and uh, it is. It's made of gold. It is basically gold. <laughs> like, but what a difference now, though, when you go that the non-ex people have that fancy 
lounge by the Starbucks now, and you can. I'm like, what is this? What is this? No, 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 no. But you can just buy. You can buy your way into equity now, anyway. So it's all shit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? While we're discussing that, that's actually interesting. I'm not bitter. If we uh, should we go on record? Should we go on record? I don't care. I was really because I've talked to some equity people, but everybody's like quiet about it. I was like, I was really pissed. I was like, I feel like this is nothing more than a cash grab. And I think that, I think people, like, I, I, I think people should have more than one credit. Yeah. Know? Yeah, no, no, because then I, I guess there, there used to be like a, an upheld standard, you know, where if you're an equity actor, you've, you've, you know, done so much and you've like experienced so much and you've been through so much. It's almost an initiation process. And then when you get it, it's so like, it's so gratifying and like affirming, you know, so yeah, it just, it, it changes the dynamic. It does. But you know what? Welcome everybody. I hope everybody's, I mean, it, it's so funny. One thing, <laughs> enjoy the bathroom, bitches. Enjoy the bathroom. <laughs> enjoy my bathroom. Fine. I will say, I wish something though, that we would be taught more about in the business side of this, like, cause everybody shouldn't just jump into equity right away necessarily. Yeah, it can. Yeah. It can impede what you can do. Yeah. My school did a pretty good job with that, with getting us ready for that. Oh, really? How so? Uh, they would have, they would hold business classes for us and they would get into the business side of things. And, um, and, and we could always, we always had access to faculty who would talk to us about that stuff. You know, everybody was very open to us and very available and, and it really, you could, it was what you made of it and you could make a lot of it. And I would like to think I did. Fucking Mary I never Mons. got any class. Marymount Manhattan, it's a great school. A lot of amazing people come out of there. Yeah, yeah. It's a big musical theater school. And so the the tour right now, um, I've actually been following it because I um what do you I follow one of your co-stars on Instagram because you are not the only trans person in this show playing it's like a revolutionary casting production of this show. I think and, so. And your co-star sis, uh <laughs> I follow her, and I and I'm glad to see that you guys are getting the I want to say lauded the way you you so longly deserve. And how, what is that like now? Do you guys being on this tour? Do you guys feel that energy about it? Like it looks like you do. I mean, I definitely do. I've had you know, especially when the tour first started, no one knew I was trans. Uh, Sis is like an advocate, and she has like a lot more followers than me. And I think people you know uh, who came and saw the show, you know, if they did their research or were a fan of cis or had, you know, they would know that she was trans. And I guess I'm not, I I don't have as many followers and I'm not uh, like an activist like she is, you know, that just kind of, also like there, a lot of people don't know that trans men exist, you know? So there's, wasn't a lot of thought. And I, I worked with our social media team and PR team to try to get a little bit more trans male representation out there. You know what I mean? And started uh, talking about it more. Trans Day of Visibility and all that came around, and they did a couple things for that, um, which was uh, really cool. Just because you know, it, it is a revolutionary thing, and I am so honored to be like on stage with you know Sis and this, and you know we're playing Lovers, which is super cute. I think you know I just want the maximum amount of trans visibility represented in this if if you know like like sis is a, an activist you know what i mean i hope that i can also be an activist in what i do on stage and in just like being myself and showing up and representing and letting people know that we're out here too you know and we 
are good storytellers and show up and do the job and you know just that representation i feel is important i mean we are light years from where we were even 10 years ago and yeah. so when when especially but when, when people hear someone like me like a gay person say like are we still so far to go like my god what more do you want i'm like you know i'm like as far as we've come i still have not i have yet to see like we just had a historic supreme court justice confirmation but i have yet to hear any ramblings about a gay openly supreme court justice being put on the court i have yet to see anybody a gay presidential person i mean we have people to judge but he got stalled we have yet to have any openly gay or trans person win a leading academy award i was like that's how far we still have to go we have yet to have one headline a marvel movie by themselves like we you know what i mean and this is where because i know like it feels like we're everywhere i know because we're always in the news and we have everybody everybody's hooting and hollering but like there's still the progress where do you see us like do you see are you seeing enough progress what does progress the ultimate look like for you progress just looks like a steady climb you know we're just a world of so many different people with so many different biases and backgrounds it's just it's never going to be fast enough so it's like a weird acceptance of this thing that is unacceptable that you Mm. just have to like continue every day working your mind around so that you can move forward with it and just try to do the best you can you know it's like i've said this before i don't know if it makes sense but it's like once there's a chink in the dam the water is going to come through you know it's like nothing can hold it forever you can patch it up but you know eventually over time it's gonna wear you know it's like the truth can't be stopped we exist that's the problem like (laughs) you know we do we exist so so long as we're in actual reality people are going to have to recognize that reality and move forward you know, speaking as a trans person, but it's like that's for so many people, you know, in this country alone. I love that. I love that. I love the chink in the dam. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a really beautiful visual too, because I keep seeing like I keep seeing motherfuckers trying to plug it up, you know, and it's like, yeah, oh, bitch, we coming. <laughs> yeah, we already we've already trickled through. You can't stop it. You know, it's like they tried. How many states uh, made gay marriage legal? And then took it away right after. You know what I mean? Like, and did it and mm. went back and forth, you know, this like weird two step. But now it's legal, you know, and that's progress. Progress is a tug of war, but, you know, it, it does happen. And we can look back and be hopeful for the future, I think, based on how far we've come. And we can also be frustrated based on how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We always but- ask our guests. Penny, like, is what, like, what was one of their more like rewarding moments? Part is Oklahoma, like, because of this visibility that you're able to give to the community, or, or was there something else in the past that was like more impactful for you because of like it was transformative or, or, or filled your cup when you were like gonna quit? Uh, well, definitely, Oklahoma is transformative for me and very affirming to me, and I hope my journey continues onward. You know. Um, you always feel that way. I, I mean, I always feel that way as an actor. I'm always like, I hope I get another job after this. <laughs> um, but it's been a good ride. Uh, but I, I love it. I feel very grateful to be a part of it. And it's incredible. This is what I've always wanted to do, you know, this kind of show. Uh, I also love Daniel's vision and take on it. Um, 
the director. I love this musical, and I love the people I'm traveling with, and I just love the opportunity to be a part of it. Jack McCarthy's, you know, genderfuck was one that filled my soul and renewed my life in so many ways. Um, and Ampersand was another one. A lot of Jack McCarthy. <laughs> we should just call this show Jack McCarthy. <laughs> Can we? I would love that. Yeah. Um, uh, there were shows in high school that just because of the chemistry of everyone and the caliber of everyone and the I did Rocky Horror Picture Show and that was I've done I'm very blessed that's a great question because I'm realizing how lucky I've been I have done so much fulfilling beautiful work like that even if I wasn't getting paid for it I would stand behind it today you know I've gotten to fill my cup many times and I guess that's why I keep doing it you know yeah even if you're not always making money go ahead yeah and I've had I've had lulls in my career where I haven't worked for a long time and it's like really scary and disheartening and go through a spiral but but truly the things I've been able to do have been just incredible and so now you're are you do you still have to have a side hustle at the moment is there is there are you just an actor, right? And not as just an actor, but that's paying the bills. Um, that's, yeah, that's my main job right now, which is like my yay. goal. That's my goal in life. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's possible. Don't give up, guys. No, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep showing up. Eventually, they'll have to acknowledge you because you keep showing up. They're going to be like, all right, this person. <laughs> Throw them on stage. <laughs> Here we are all these years later, and art has fulfilled you in a lot of ways, but you're an accomplished person, a smart person. Do you ever look back and think, why I should have, I could have done anything else? Like, you could, I could have been anything else. Why do I, did I choose to give any regrets to anything? Or is this, was this it? And it was always it. There's a lot of things I can do. And I've done a lot of things inside job. I've worked in warehouses. I enjoy working in a warehouse, actually. <laughs> I've done landscaping. I enjoy that as well. I've worked in a restaurant. I've worked as a bartender. I've sold weed on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. That's the best job. Yeah. <laughs> and You're the guy. Like I was the guy. Exactly. You know, so I feel like I do get to do a lot of different things. The stability is of a of like a, a corporate job or a quote normal job or a, a steady job and having a salary is very of course it's like that's beautiful and great and I I would love to have that. But there's never been a doubt in my mind of what I'm destined, doomed, you know, to do in my life. <laughs> And so that argument has never really been there. If I could do anything else, I would. And that's what people have been telling me my whole life, you know. And I've always had that in my mind. Can I do anything else? Like, no, truly, no, I can't. I mean, if you remember the first time you saw and the review and the songs that were in the review when you were fucking five, I mean, Henny, I think we found it. Henny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, I definitely, I can't do anything else. Sometimes I wish I could, but I can't, so why dwell on it? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, should we do shameless plug time, Tom? Shameless plug time. Shameless I love plug it. time. Hennessy Winkler, we always ask our guests to brag about everything that they're doing right now, where people can find you, um, so that they can, you know, be fans of your cool. incredible work. Where can uh, where can people find you today, aside from on stage in the National Tour of Oklahoma? Yeah, check out o- Oklahoma on Broadway slash tour. I think that's the <laughs> Google it. Um, I'll be around. I'm coming to Texas, and you know my Instagram is. At Hennessy Howley, which is H E N N E S S Y H A O L E, like white person in Hawaiian. And that's, you know, I'm on Facebook also. You can look up Hennessy Howley. I'm there. Hennessy Winkler. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I don't have that much to promote right now, but this show, you know, if you want to come and see Oklahoma, we're coming to a city near you. Love it. Stand by the stage door, hand out flowers to Hennessy. Say, say hey, Henny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Gas me up. As we head into this um, Pride Month, how do, you, how do you feel about our community, where we are, where we're going? Oh, there's a... I do also want to promote um, a documentary film I'm in by Ashley Chen Yee and Chase Joint. And it's written by Ash and Amos Mack as well. They're incredible. Ash, I don't know, or I don't believe is trans, but Amos and Chase are, and I've been fans of theirs for years. They've been huge in the trans male community, and um, they're just incredible. But anyway, they did this film called No No Ordinary Man, and it's about this jazz musician, um, this trans jazz musician, Billy Tipton, who uh, was, like, super famous in the... 40s 30s in the 30s like in the jazz era his identity ended up getting erased after he died and it came out that he was assigned female for uh people kind of just shoved him under the rug and <laughs> yeah so i'm in a documentary about him and i'll just shout that out because it is pride and i'm talking about trans male representation <laughs> <laughs> um no we love it we love it that's a great shout out tom anything else before we uh close us out no, oh, so, did, so I, just a closer for, for Pride. So I'm trying to find over these years that I have to be more prideful in the fact of being who I am. Like, because a long time I railed against being gay. And I'm like, well, now I'm in a better place pridefully. Are you in a pride place this month? Are you pride? I've definitely been through my pride hate stages um, or like not wanting to be trans or identify as that. I think now that I'm, you know, more comfortable with myself, I can greater embrace my past and the life I've lived and the experience I have and feel like it's more of a gift now. And I'm, you know, doing what I love to do and I'm so grateful for that. And so, yeah, I do. I, I do. I am feeling prideful. I do feel it. I feel it. (laughs) I feel it too. I can't tell you how much good merch I've written down for the merch store for you. I'm just going to like t-shirts and tote bags with, with Hennessy all over it. Um, Destined and Doomed, Hennessy. I've just yes. seen it. Like, it. Yes. Chinking <laughs> um, the Dam. That's mine. Chinking the my Dam. Oh, I like this. Oh, yeah, so nice. That's the tote bag. And yeah. uh, so, like, well, thank you so much for joining us, Hennessy, and uh, kicking off Pride Month with us and sharing with us. And um, we and appreciate open you so much. So yes. Much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
It was good to meet you, Tom. It was really good to see nice you, Jen. Nice Yeah, you too, hun. And cool. we'll see you soon, and we, we're going to start monetizing this platform one of these days once we get our shit together. And yeah! Then we do, uh, yeah, and when we do, we're awesome. going to bring people back and, and pay you guys, because that's like Ooh. number one. We need to start paying fucking artists. <laughs> more money <laughs> more money yeah i mean no. there is also something to be said about just like being artists together and that's doing true. the damn thing you know what i mean so that's a great goal and i look forward to it and also i think where you're at now is perfect and the people that will, will drive with that will do the podcast happily yeah you know what i mean right. money's not, not a bad thing but proud of y'all Thank you. Thank you. We Thank feel like you. the conversations have been really cool. So we're having yeah. fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Please like us on the socials, the Instagram, the Twitter. Please like and share and browse and talk us up. Um, we adore you, Jennifer. Wonderful to hear you again this week. Always, darling. You're just becoming such a mainstay of my week. I don't know what would happen if I know, you didn't right? do this every week. I know. I think I'd start, start getting, getting like... separation anxiety. Start getting itchy, like it's a heroin itch. When I'm like, oh, I didn't talk to her today. Oh my god. <laughs> so, like, Where's Tom? Is he so, okay? Did he fall so, in the shower? Are we fine? Is he fine? I'd like possible. a panic attack if I don't hear from you in a number of hours. It's possible. With the amount of champagne I have, I could slip and fall. But that's a whole another <laughs> podcast. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. This is the Unusual Creatures Podcast. We will see you all again next week. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to The Unusual Creatures. We love telling the stories of these creatives, and we hope you love listening to them. You know the drill. Subscriber, you love listening to pods. Send links to your friends and tell everyone you know about this show. And I mean everyone. Counting the minutes until we meet again. And keep being unusual creatures. <laughs> <laughs>